Hi, I'm Laura Allen. And I'm Liv Austin. And you're listening to My Amazing Mess. A weekly podcast where we talk to creatives who are right in the middle of developing their unique careers. They are totally honest with us about what it takes to pursue their dream job. The exciting highs, the disheartening lows, and and the the amazing mess that is everything in between. Laura Allen, Liv Austin. So this uh, episode, we are talking to Abby Russell, who is a lot of things. I think all the people we talk to are a lot of things. Which is isn't, isn't that the best thing about yeah, what we're doing? So much more interesting. She is a model. She is a blogger. She is a body confidence activist, uh, and she taught us so much about you know how to to think about body confidence and how it goes so much you know, deeper than just how you feel about your body. And we had some really, really interesting talks about that, but just hearing how she kind of started out in performing as well, which is interesting that we had so many performers on and that wasn't really what we wanted to talk to her about at all. It wasn't something I even knew. Yeah, I I, I had heard about her through you, Liv, and just wanted to find out what, what she was doing and what it must be like to be, I guess, in, an influencer in our current kind of social media um, climate and find out, that yeah that performing wasn't necessarily for her and what she's kind of found to be her passion since she's um, left that behind check out why her friend also named laura calls her her unicorn if you want to listen to somebody who's really good at using social media for good this is a great one for that So we are here with Abby Russell, who is, oh, where do I begin? You are a model, you're a blogger, you are a body confidence activist. Is that right to say? Yeah. You interviewed me on Keep It Country TV. So you are previously a presenter or do you still do presenting? Yeah, that was just kind of a random job that um, just came up because I love country music and I previously lived in Texas. So you were very good at it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I remember thinking that you were very, very good at, you know, presenting and good at interviewing. So, but now... The, the tables t- are <laughs> <the> tables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we've done this too long. Now. I, I was going to say, I think, yeah. Can't play with us. <laughs> Can you imagine season two is just going to be like, yes, and we talk to you. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> going to be pretty annoying. But Abby, we're so happy to be talking to you. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, so our concept is just to talk to people who are doing their own thing, you know, and you are very, very much doing your own thing and created created a whole career for yourself um, based on the stuff that you're interested in, passionate about. Mm-hmm. So we like to go way back. <laughs> start at the beginning. And start at the beginning. <laughs> and, um, you know, how how have you ended up doing what you do now? You uh, So we spoke briefly about the fact that you trained in, in musical theatre. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, should we start there? Yeah, yeah. start there if but- you like, or you can go <laughs> back even further if you want. Um, well, yeah. So after leaving school, uh, well, whilst whilst at school, I wasn't book smart, um, and I could tell that I was just quite a creative person. So music was always my forte. And then I grew up playing like piano. My dad played piano, so I'd done all like the grades, all the classical stuff. I think I I got up to grade, I got up to grade seven. Yeah, so that was all right. Yes. That was pretty good. That is good going. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, music and drama was just my favorite thing at school. Um, I 
didn't really like school. I think I, I'm very much an introvert person, which you find kind of like with performers, they're actually introverts in real life, which is odd. But um, yeah, so, and I think, I was actually speaking to my mum recently, and I think that I had a bit of like social anxiety at that age because I was always just be like so nervous going to school. Like every morning I had butterflies going to school, which is like odd thing because you, you know, you're so used to going to school. But um, yeah, I think just the unknown of, what was going to happen that day and I, I didn't really I felt different from everyone else at school as well um so yeah it wasn't my favorite times <laughs> wasn't I was glad to leave school today um so yeah but also when I was younger I did live in Houston Texas which was a huge thing so I lived there when I was six went to a proper American elementary school so from six to nine um I was there and I think that really impacted me and my personality so really shy Scottish girl going to Houston and then obviously how you would think American schools they build your confidence up so much it's that typical thing that you think of Americans just being so confident but it's so true and I think I was at a really good elementary school and um yeah they just like embraced you as a person and just brought out the best in you and people loved that I was Scottish and they're like oh my god Scottish oh. and then they'd like create like we'd always have themed days and then once we'd done like a St Andrew's day because I was Scottish and we had like tartan sachets on and stuff which was like amazing um so that experience was just really good and then I was with there with my mum and dad and I'm an only child so I think that was like a really nice experience for us three to have together so I think from that we have like quite a close bond because we've all experienced that um but then coming back to Scotland because I was quite Americanized I then stood out in this little country primary school and then I kind of got a little bit bullied for it so it's funny how when I went to America being different I was you know celebrated embraced by yeah, yeah. and then come back to UK and I'm like bullied for it and that just shows the cultural differences <laughs> I mean that's such an important point that yeah. you're making because I, I can't really remember the last time I spoke to somebody who said, yeah, when I was in school, they really celebrated who I was and mm. they really built my confidence. And you think <laughs> that should be, if if you leave with one thing, that should be the one thing. Yeah, I know. Because anything else you can kind of learn later. Yeah, <laughs> really, exactly, you yeah. know, and maybe that sounds a bit ignorant, but really, like yeah. anything that you're really interested in, you will mm. learn about anyway. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing that they can do to kids, mm -hmm. it's to build, build your confidence. Yeah. And, you know, so many schools don't do that. Exactly. Especially it's for really people with personalities who are a bit introverted. Yeah. Schools just like don't cater to that to bring out the best in people like that. So I think that, yeah, it's a big issue there with that. Absolutely. And I just have to, you know, uh, I had such a similar experience at mm -hmm. school. I was so introverted and mm. really nervous about going to school yeah. around that age. And and I don't know how it was for you, Laura, but it's it's like that. I yeah. I I remember my primary school was very small. So my primary school there was thirty of us in the year. My one class was my whole year, mm. and it was all along one corridor. So we'd like you know all grown up together, and I I felt quite um like nurtured there. And then I went to secondary school where I was one out of. 200 people in the year or whatever it was and that's why I hated mm. secondary school I felt I was really you know when you're a quiet shy coming from a really small little school going mm -hmm. into this big yeah I had a, I had a terrible experience yeah. to begin with and it wasn't until I found my place like later on in school with music and you know get more involved with all the music things which again when you're the kid with the clarinet case walking around <laughs> that is, you're not the cool dude you're like you're just that wasn't not cool not at the time not yeah, at the time yeah. but yeah but most of those music people have now gone on to do incredible things like playing yeah. playing huge gigs and stuff so 
kids don't know what they're on about, do they? No, exactly. Kids don't help yeah. always. And I don't think that's uh, random that the three of us can, can kind of, you know, yeah. bond over the fact that we were feeling a bit insecure, feeling a bit sort of on mm. the outside of things and stuff. So how did that lead you on to then want to sing and perform? Yeah, so then at school, so I wasn't, there's no one in my family that's a singer, um, but... I just thought, oh, I'll give it. I think my mum was like, oh, I heard you sing in the car. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she knew of a amateur group that was based in a town like 20 minutes drive from us because we were very much like in the countryside. Um, and the guy that runs that does private singing lessons as well. So I went along and it was like, I felt so nervous. And it's like, um, right, just like sing any song just so we can like hear. And I think it was like a whole new world from Aladdin. And um. I think, and then uh, my mom came back, and then um, he was like, "Yeah, I think she's got potential." Like, yeah, she sounds good. <laughs> and then it was just from there. But then I, that was like near the end of school, so I think that was like fifth fifth year, which is different in Scotland. But um, so I must have been like what fourteen, fifteen. So you know, not to like, you know, mid teens that I kind of thought, "Oh yeah, I'll sing." Um, and then from there, I just I got into the amateur performing group there, and then that's where I met like a good group of friends that I was doing shows with and like I just loved them so much and I think that meeting them really helped me with like my confidence with like socially just because I was like oh I could connect with these people a bit more they're a bit more on my level where I didn't really have anyone like that at school. So something as well with the schools is that you're so kind of um, restricted to just hanging out with the people that are your age at that moment whereas when you exactly like that when you Mm -hmm. go and do something like amateur theatre where you're you know integrated with all different ages and and people of different mm-hmm. everything yeah it's so much more welcoming isn't it yeah exactly yeah that's the, yeah the thing with school you're forced to be with these people that like you don't like it's just horrible so yeah so then I just enjoyed it so much and then I was like yeah I think this is something that I want to do but then my music teacher at school wasn't very nice and um he kind of ruined my confidence at the beginning of me starting to sing and was very much like yeah you're like you're not good enough sort of thing and then when I was like I'm going to audition for drama schools it was very much like okay (laughs) like wow um but then I remember my first audition that I'd done I actually got a call back which is like hilarious um so I auditioned for the Royal Conservatory of Scotland, the one in Glasgow. Um, I went along, obviously, like, no knowledge whatsoever of, like, drama school auditions, turn up for the dance call in, like, denim jean shorts and, like, a polo shirt for the dance call. Um, and then for the song, for the singing, I sang Anna Get Your Gun, You Can't Get a Man With a Gun. And I fully like embraced the character and had like flare jeans on, like a buckle belt, like this like orange top. But like, cause I was just like so naive to like what to do. And I was, I'm, I would have been very confident in myself and I always, I've always loved like style and what I wear. So I just like went with it like character wise. But like, I think just cause I didn't care, I just went for it. And then I ended up getting a call back for it on my first ever edition. It was so funny. Um, But then I didn't get it after that. But I was just like, wow. And that was just so good to do that. Cause I was like, see? callback I knew I had a bit more work to do so I actually went to a college in Scotland to do the two-year HND in musical theatre um and that gave me a chance to move away from home so I was like an hour and a half drive away from home lived in by myself in a flat went to college there for two years so I think that was really good for me just to like move away from home get used to like living by myself becoming more of an adult it's really interesting to see how um, subjective these things are. You know, mm. have a music tutor who's like, oh, okay, good luck. Yeah, I know. And then you <laughs> actually feel like you have some interest 
from a completely different place. Yeah, exactly. You just, just because you need to go where people celebrate mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And then you ended up uh, going to... Uh, PPA in Guildford. So yeah, I'd done kind of the rounds of the drama school in London and things like that. Um, and that was like quite daunting because again, coming from Scotland, didn't really know much. And then I remember, um, I can't remember which school, but I sang... I'd been to New York and I'd seen 9 to 5 the musical which is now here in London but nobody had really heard of it here yet but I loved the song Backwards Barbie from it and I was like it's so me it's like country it's like the Dolly Parton part and I was like oh my god that's so me so I got the sheet music like sent from America learned it that was like my main edition song but because um no one had heard of the show they were a bit like oh what so I remember I was like um uh, Backwards Barbie from 9 to 5 and they're like oh okay (laughs) and then like sang it and had to sing it in front of like the group that I was auditioning with and it was just like really embarrassing because like I went for it but no one heard of it and I'm there like in this Dolly Parton character like I've always been misunderstood because of how I look <laughs> but <laughs> like, so, so often now like you'd love to find a musical theatre song that no one had heard exactly oh exactly, exactly. but I could tell people were just like okay and the guys like on the panel were like right so I was like, oh, well, okay. If I was on the panel, I'd go, this girl knows who know. she is. Yeah, That's fantastic because we have to spend so much time actually showing so many people who they are. They yeah. don't know and they're trying to be something that they're yeah, not exactly, yeah. so actually that's a wonderful thing I in know. my opinion but. I know but yeah so it was kind of like those experiences I was just a bit like oh I come oh I don't know if I can I know enough here I was like, oh. but then yeah um PPA was a new college that started and they started by having a foundation year where they would prepare you to then go on to audition and I think it was actually auditioning for that because I was like I still need more help <laughs> um but then they just started their three-year course and they offered me a place on that so I was like yeah because I liked the vibe there and I really liked Guildford and like my mum and dad were happy for me to live in Guildford and how did you find the training did you did you enjoy so yeah it? I loved it um and I think that was a point in during training where I realized my um passion for body confidence because I saw all of the other girls in my year like tearing themselves apart whereas I was the biggest in the year but I was the one that like loved myself the most and I was like um but you're all like tiny (laughs) it's like supposed to be like the other way around but you know so then I would just be but then I was a bit naive to it because I was really lucky so basically well let's talk about my journey about my body confidence um I'm very much a rare gem where I've been confident my whole life and my friend Laura calls me her unicorn (laughs) because I've literally never met anybody that's ever said that and I think I've always stood out in every stage of my life for being that person because I feel like everyone's always struggled where I've always been like I've just always been all right with myself like yeah so for me going to drama school I was already embracing who I was and what I looked like and thinking I can use this to be my selling point. Whereas so many people then go to drama school to be like, I need to fit this mold to get these jobs, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like they felt a lot more pressure about their body image rather than me. Cause I was like, it's okay. Okay, I'm the curvy one, but that's gonna work for me. Cause I'll use that. Cause no one else, cause like I've got that against all of them. So yeah, so I think I enjoyed training a bit more so cause I didn't have that pressure on me. So I think I took a lot more I just I loved I loved being in a group of people that again I think because I didn't have that at school that were on the same page as me with like 
everything we were doing. I just really loved that. And I loved seeing myself get better, especially with singing, because I, I saw myself as always being new to singing. So learning the whole like anatomy of your larynx and knowing like you can tilt things for like certain singing qualities. I just find the, like that fascinating. Um and then so I really liked myself seeing myself progress in those ways. Um but then it was just hard because in third year we had our third year shows and you get um picked to be certain roles in them and then your third year shows is like that's when people come to watch you and you have to you know make sure you're ready for the 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 industry and everything um and I was actually lucky to have two lead roles in three of the shows which was quite good um but um it was just a lot of pressure and then I, I knew that I, I knew I wasn't the best singer in the year. So I felt most pressure on my singing out of everything, I think, during drama school. Because I started being all right. I got a lot better, which I was really happy with. But I still wasn't good enough at the end, in, in my opinion, for singing wise. The, what, uh, it's really interesting. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it is, is that you said you've always been really confident yeah. in yourself. Because I know that when I personally have had knocks to my Mm -hmm. self-confidence in any way, whether it's how I look or how I sound or whatever it is, it's normally because I've come come up against other peers that have said things or Mm. or have been moaning about their huge thigh, which is half the size of my thigh, and then you start thinking, "Hold on a second. So, did Mm. you ever come across? Did you ever come across those throughout your life, and that kind of that you just thought I'm going to fight back against it or were you just naturally like doesn't bother me what? yeah um yeah I think I've always had moments like that especially because I was definitely like chubbier when I was younger and but the thing with those comments is you've got to realize like they're it's because those people are just thinking about them they're not even looking at you to think oh her thighs bigger than mine they were just literally so obsessed with themselves do you know what I mean but um yeah I think um my mum has was a plus is a plus size woman and I never saw her talk badly about herself and she like she was never on a diet um so I only saw positive things from her in a bigger body so to so to me that was just fine and then I always say my mum and dad always put um more emphasis on me being a good person like being a good person in the world rather than like what you look like even though my mum definitely played into me being very much aware of my style and everything because my mum's very stylish so but like my clothes and what I wear it's just an expression of how I'm feeling and who I am and then I love who I am so what I wear is like you know about that it's not about me trying to look different or trying to make myself look a different way and if I if there ever was any comments about how I looked or my weight I would I've got quite a good relationship with my mum and dad so I would just say to my mum, like, oh, someone made a comment at school, blah, blah, blah. And then my mum would just be like, oh, like, ugh, well, do you know, like, and just like brush it off, like it's no big deal, like not, not to like talk about it too much because it's like, it's not important. And it's like, well, who cares what they think? Like, you're, you're a lovely person and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I think that really, really helped growing up that I just had that good female figure to look to it's also when when you go to somewhere like like drama school somewhere where you're training where you're constantly in leotards and constantly in front of mirrors and things I think that was maybe where I became the most sort of I don't want to say self-aware probably self-obsessed about kind of yeah but you can see everything and then you can see yourself compared to a lot of other Mm. people and things how was that experience for you when you were training or or was it just more your singing was the kind of thing that you started comparing that to with other people um yeah with the dancing like I'm not like the best dancer but 
I loved I love like doing routines like to like Beyonce like current stuff like that because then I'm just like yeah and I just like give it my personality but like ballet and stuff I'm just the worst at like I hated ballet and then so I hated the whole tights and leotard thing I mean obviously you're more aware of your body because you are in front of the mirror and then especially if you have teachers making comments as well but I think that my year wasn't too bad we were a little bit rebellious to that I remember one show we I think we were doing like a project of like uh, Footloose. So we kind of had like the denim shorts on and stuff like that. And I think there was a comment made like, oh, I see cellulite. And we were all like, oh, well, that's our, that's our legs. So what are you going to do about it? Um, but that doesn't help when you've got that. And especially when tutors are kind of saying like, okay, well, if you're going to go into the industry, you're going to need to lose weight. So then you're like a lead role and not like the fat friend and blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, but I think just because I had that confidence already, I wasn't too phased by it. But I could definitely see the other girls in my year being phased by it, which was sad, which made me start speaking out about it more. But then um, I would like get, I didn't know how to talk about it because I hadn't really vocalized it before. So I would just start getting angry, like, oh, well, just be, just, just be okay with yourself. Just love yourself. Like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, and people would just be like, okay, calm down, Abby. And I'm like, just love yourself. <laughs> but then because I didn't know how to communicate it, by saying the phrases, like, I call it surface level body confidence now. Those phrases, like, just love yourself. And like, just accept yourself. Like, yeah, they're they're good when you when you need maybe a little reminder or a little like motivation just to, you know, keep it confident. But what I've learned, especially in the past few years, is the deep-rooted issues that is actually causing this lack of confidence. The whole like diet culture and um how like fatphobic as a society we are. Those are like constant reminders and issues of um women that like we should always be on a quest to lose weight. <laughs> and be smaller yeah it's not necessarily that your friend hasn't told you that you're beautiful you yeah, know because that's yeah, lovely yeah. but if if everything from growing up till everything you see around you mm -hmm. when you leave the house tells you that something's not right yeah, about exactly. you then it takes a bit more that, than that and also yeah. sadly our brains work in a way where we will remember the bad comments yeah. and the bad mm -hmm. messages uh so much stronger in in our mind mm -hmm. so yeah, so it's surface level is, is like a good good way of describing yeah. it, you mm -hmm. know, instead of actually looking at what's what's then, going on yeah, for people. And that's what I see a lot on social media is this kind of like surface level body confidence um, from a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not really talking about the real issues here. <laughs> um, and like me realizing that made me realize like, okay, there's like, there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to do. Let's go. So yeah. It's weird when we, when we graduate, I'm trying to think if we would have graduated around the same time or whether you were slightly after us, I'm not mm -hmm. sure. But when, when we graduated, I looking back now, cause it kind of, you can't imagine the world without Instagram and, and that sort of yeah. stuff that's so readily available to see what everyone looks like and what their mm, day to day routines are. Um, we didn't really have that, I don't think. I think it was just like, I think I had a couple of rehearsal shots on my Instagram yeah, and that was yeah, it. It was yeah. nothing. that I was no hashtagging going on. No. How, how was that kind of, as you were stepping out, was that something that was a thing that was happening or did yeah. you not notice it at that time? So um, I graduated 2014. So that was... Yeah, a year after us. Year after yeah. um, but at the time, my best friend, Tally Rye, um started her Instagram account because she was like really into this um health and fitness um and she just become obsessed with it and um I mean you can go check her out at Tally Rye um and she talks about her journey she's not been on like a full journey with it because at drama school she was actually really got 
into like disordered eating like really got dragged into that health living which wasn't health it was just disordered eating and like obsessive behaviors um but she had an instagram account for like documenting her health and fitness so that's what i knew instagram about and then she built up actually quite a big following um so then from that i could see she was getting some opportunities and then because she trained to be a pt so when actually she graduated she just went straight to work as a pt didn't even audition like she's like no yeah straight into PTing. so yeah i saw her getting opportunities in her industry from instagram and then that's when i was like okay like i need to start mine because obviously this is how it's gonna go now people are like social media is like kind of almost like a cv and like you've got to share everything you do so people know what's going on so yeah that's when I kind of started that um and then also oh when I was actually in second year of drama school that's when I entered a competition with Curvy Kate which is an underwear brand and they do um a competition I think annually called Star in a Bra and my mum saw it in the paper and she was like oh you should do that and then I was like oh, okay like I hadn't done modeling I hadn't thought about it and um because it, it was just about promoting kind of like confidence with curvy curvier women and I was like oh, okay. yeah right, I'll do it and then I had to send in like a photo in the set of underwear ended up coming third <laughs> so I was like chuffed um and then I got really good feedback I was like oh maybe this is something I could do to uh, as a side hustle whilst I'm auditioning and whatnot um and then that's how I kind of started modeling and then that's how I done my first blog about body confidence was from that competition so yeah that's kind of when I started the whole social media thing and then the side hustle became, became a massive yeah, thing because yeah. you've got a big following on on social media as yeah, well it's, it's growing and um <laughs> and uh, presumably you have a lot of visitors to your blog as well because it's kind yeah. of connected mm-hmm. so uh so has that kind of did it slowly and steadily grow over the years or was it a bit of an explosion after you kind of yeah no it was, it was definitely like slow and steady um because that's what I realized that you just got to be like consistent with if you're just talking about Instagram like you have to be like consistently posting and have like a good idea of what type of stuff you're posting and then just because I love my style and my personal fashion choices that I just start to document it and then and then yeah that's how you kind of like build a following and then you start to work with brands and then yeah just kind of like builds from there and you've done so wonderfully with that with working with brands mm. and I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram I'm like teach me your ways girl because <laughs> I mean I don't have any any people knocking on my door being like hey we want to give you some clothes Liv yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people aren't knocking on your door as well I'm sure it's hard work but yeah how how did you kind of learn about that did you kind of learn as you went and just yeah yeah connect kind of with people learn as I went um so you just have to kind of like you have to do a lot for free before you start getting paid obviously but that's like anything in the creative world <laughs> um uh so I would just make my own content so and like be buying their own clothes and just tagging brands for them to like hopefully repost and then that's how you kind of like build a following for them to hopefully notice me and like keep me in mind um and then you just like keep going with that and just keep going <laughs> and it is a bit like so many times I've been like oh okay I'm gonna kind of bother now like with all this but I just I just I did enjoy doing it and then I saw bloggers who were successful and I was like I really want to get to that point where like I can financially like fund myself you know with this sort of thing um so yeah I just literally just kept going and then once you create content and build up a, enough of a following brands are going to be like okay yeah like they get an idea of what you're producing 
and then like oh yeah like this is we'd like we know she's gonna make our clothes look good so then that's how they start getting in contact and then the more you get the more you're like okay i charge this for a post this for a story (laughs) yeah and then you're gonna have to set your own price right so so do you uh, pretty much live off that now co- combined with the modeling yeah you know, I know you model on Lorraine mm-hmm. regularly which is yes. amazing really yeah. cool um so so that that's literally your business now is it yeah so I was when I moved to in with my boyfriend I um got a part-time job working at an estate agents and I was the viewing guide which was like okay but like you know I mean, you just don't care about something at all um and then like I just didn't know anything about like the estate agent life and I felt I was just like out of my depth a bit with it all I was like oh I don't really understand and like when I was on viewings people would ask me questions and I'd be like oh I really don't sure (laughs) also there's you know the phrase brick and mortar yeah I thought it was brick and water (laughs) (laughs) so literally it's like yeah invest in brick and water (laughs) but I thought it was like the house with the like piping well, that would we kind of make, make sense, sense to me. Sense. And then I remember I said it and my boyfriend was like, what, what are you saying, water? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's mortar. And I was like, working at an estate agent. And I was saying I that. I love it. Yeah, I'd done that for, I think it was like nearly a year. I literally worked two days a week. Um, But my lack of care for that and I just needed more time to like, because when I was working, I was like missing events and I was like, oh, I really need to be at this event to like, um network with this brand and blah blah blah. that's when I was like right full energy into like trying to make this work let's go was it was it daunting to just think okay giving it giving up paid money right in seconds to just go go after it was that a daunting step yeah definitely but then also like I'm very lucky and like realize my privilege that I knew if I got into a tight situation I could just be like mom dad like just help me out a little bit which I know I'm like so lucky to have because I know so many people like don't and would have had to keep that part-time job to like actually fund themselves so there was a couple of like tight calls that I was like help me out but um yeah yeah but at least you are you know yes that is a privilege and, yeah. and not everyone has that but mm-hmm. at least you then used that to to take a chance instead of staying yeah comfortable. exactly and yeah. Th- yeah throw your energy in yeah exactly you know? and then my, my mom and dad would only help me like in the case that I was like still going for it as much as I can as well so yeah you're not just sat at home watching tv no. going mom no. <laughs> <laughs> help. so the, the the gap between kind of coming out of drama school and now doing that that side of things what was the what was the life like on that step out of professional actor training where you think okay I'm I'm focusing on this one thing where I'm going to come out and perform yeah and then you're now ending up doing yeah I guess performing in some some ways I don't know what modeling must be like Um, yeah yeah. so how what was that what was that journey yeah so um so leaving I think I gave about a year a year and a bit to just auditioning and giving a chance to that life um so I stayed in Guildford because then that's only a half an hour train into London so it was good for like commuting for auditions and stuff so when I graduated it was good vibes and I was like okay we can do this feeling good um I didn't get um agency signed or anything like that but the PPA kind of had um their own agency so we're, like, we're getting some opportunities um for stuff but it was very like low-key things um but yeah, I gave it all a go. But what I realized, and I had to be like realistic with myself because I was like, okay, am I good enough? Now, of course, like 
I'm very confident with myself and you have to be to go to drama school I think you have to like have that belief in yourself that you can do it to even get into drama school so I definitely had that and I knew I had something special I knew I was good but I was like right but am I good enough because like the once you're auditioning you're so aware of the amount of people that are auditioning and you're so aware that every drama school have a graduating year coming out every year and I'm like that's a lot of people and like wow there's not enough jobs and like okay don't really know if I'm actually like top shelf to get these jobs so yeah and that that's when I met my boyfriend so I was working part-time in LK Bennett in Guildford and um then it was Chris coming up to Christmas and this job came up at um Lapland UK which is based in like Ascot area in like a forest in Ascot and they like change it into like Lapland is like pretty epic it's really cool and um I saw that came up and it was like a job for like an elf <laughs> and then my friend um at the time she'd done an elf job before so I was like phoned her up and I was like I've seen this elf job it looks pretty cool and like this place looks really cool and she's like oh yeah I'll do it with you so we went to audition we got it so then then I had to quit my part-time job at LK Bennett which is actually like earning me quite good money <laughs> I was like no no gonna quit off to be an elf for Christmas because this is my calling and I was like I'm an I'm an I'm an actress here like we need to try and get a job that's like in that realm so I'd done that and but that's where I met my boyfriend so it was just meant to be um that's quite romantic yeah and also also the women that was like in charge of us elves did go on to be like stage manager of Lamez. so I was like could have been a contact there anyway so you never know where you might meet <laughs> exactly. the one and yeah your next yeah. director exactly <laughs> yeah but I remember when we found that out me and my friend like oh my gosh okay right yeah this is good this might be an it <laughs> so was your, was your current boyfriend was he also an elf at the time no no no, no. so he's not he's not an actor right like that. um he was like a handyman so he helped um build the whole like thing right so because he, just... he totally just fell for the elf <laughs> yeah literally Aww. literally because he only had seen me in like my elf costume <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's amazing i'm yeah. picturing this as like a rom-com where you actually are an elf and he doesn't realize <laughs> until like he takes you out it's like if you, if you if you don't if you can't handle me at my elf you should yeah. help me at myself yeah. <laughs> very nice <laughs> okay so after your elf gig yeah then... so yeah met met jack my boyfriend and oh, um nice. yeah i felt like um quite quickly i knew that like, this was going to be like a serious one so um that's when i kind of started to think a bit like okay so if this carries on like what kind of life am I going to lead with my partner and then what's going to happen like I, I can't stay in Guildford that much longer because my rent was like a lot well if I'm going to really give this a go with the musical theatre ideally you need to be in London so that and then like in my head I'm like if I'm going to succeed in musical theatre it needs to be my life like I need to be going to, to dance classes every week I need to be going to singing classes to keep my singing up I need to be you know doing all these things regularly to actually be successful in this industry and then that's when I was like do I want to live that life where I'm doing that and like when I had Jack in my life as well I was like I kind of want that like I've always been quite old-fashioned like I, I want that family life do you know what I mean and then that's when I was kind of like, I need to do something else because I'm just not feeling this anymore. Um, and then that's when I pushed my modelling a bit more with some of the contacts I'd made so far. More energy into modelling, more energy into 
getting my Instagram up a bit more. And it kind of, it's uh, a bit symbolic in a way because it kind of takes you back into celebrating your uniqueness more. Yeah. Because in musical theatre, there is a bit of, tr- you have it, not trying to fit in necessarily, but having to fit in. Yeah. Because there are these roles that you have to, mm-hmm. you have to fit you know the the range that you sing it in and Mm. and the costumes that they've already got you know and all that sort of stuff and then you you seem to have found a way of expressing yourself massively but it's more on your terms maybe yeah would I be right yeah definitely and then yeah like you're saying um with the the fitting the roles in musical theatre um in my year, I was always the one that played like the mom, the old woman, the crazy lady, the older parts, which I loved and really enjoy. Um, but then when I graduated, I was like, oh yeah, there's, there is older people for those roles. I'm too young. And then I was also like not skinny enough to be like the American cheerleader. So I was like, okay, like what am I then? Like, I really don't see myself fitting in this industry right now. So then with the curve modeling, I was like, I see myself fitting in there and like having some success so then that's why I was like okay right let's give this a go then was it um that you decided that the musical theater wasn't wasn't fitting where you were at that point and then you had to you were left with that void of thinking what what else can I do or did it kind of come in hand in hand it kind of came hand in hand because I was still like building my modeling up whilst I was still auditioning so yeah I was kind of like right I'm just gonna like put all my energy into this now rather than like still auditioning and stuff so now with you know you are a successful model you're doing loads of work you you're getting you know sponsorships now Mm -hmm. you're not just uh tagging people hoping that they'll notice you (laughs) and um and you've also used your voice to create a movement essentially yeah uh called beyond body confidence yes which i'm very excited about yes so I went to your opening event, yes. which is really exciting. I met loads of interesting people, which yeah. is typical because, you know, interesting people find each other and yeah. stuff. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's really interesting to yeah. hear about. So I met, so I've started Beyond Body Confidence with my friend, Laura Phelan. Um, so me and Laura met um, only like just over a year ago. So we've actually not known each other that long, but you know, when you just click with someone, it was just like that. And we're literally like best friends now. Um and we when we first met it was kind of through mutual friends tally actually was said to both of us like you need to meet abby you need to meet laura you just get them um and then we met up um we just clicked we we done our first like event together um it was called embrace it was to show the documentary called embrace have you seen have you heard of it definitely check it out it's like so good it's by this australian woman um i think it's on itunes it's not on netflix but i'm sure it's like on itunes to watch but it's called embrace um and she goes around the world and speaks to these women who have all have like their different stories of things that have happened to them just all about body image self-esteem it's just like it's just so amazing to watch and like really like touching and like you'll be laughing and crying like oh but it's just it's honestly like so good to watch so we uh, were able to screen that um so that was like our event and we did like a little talk and yeah we just brought like loads of people together for that so that went really well and we were like oh really likes that yeah that's good and like we're just so on the same page about the message that we want to spread so um yeah then we were just kind of came up with this idea of starting a company together so that become beyond body confidence which was based around so what we realized is that when people say like oh how do you become body confident being body confident is like the end chapter of like the novel of confidence because it's so 
is so beyond the body so that's our whole thing is like it's beyond aesthetics it's like looking inwards because you need to be happy and okay with yourself like who you are as a person and then you're just going to accept the way you look because you're so okay with who you are that how you look is just like it's just your body it's just the vessel that you are in yeah because we are so much more than what we look like yeah, exactly. and and when you are interested mm-hmm. in things and you are interesting as a person then you suddenly kind of realize how trivial all of that is mm-hmm. but it is hard because as we've talked about before we get you know um sent all these messages yeah. constantly mm-hmm. through our phones through tv through adverts everywhere mm-hmm. Um, that we aren't quite enough so even for the people who are focused on other things maybe and and don't walk around every day thinking how do I look today yeah you're still kind of being told that yeah, it's like, not quite like enough subliminal messages all the time even if it's Everywhere. just from seeing like billboards or like buses with the adverts on it it's like still like getting into your brain just by you seeing it yeah um but it's everywhere. That's what like diet culture is. And it's just like telling us, especially, I know it's for men as well, but just it's really especially for women that we're just, we need to be, we need to be making ourselves smaller. And it's just so not the case at all. <laughs> and being bigger is not bad. Yeah, there's a there's an element to me. I've said this to some people and they've kind of looked at me like I was a bit weird, but there's an <laughs> element to me that makes me feel like it's related to not taking up space almost yeah. figuratively mm-hmm. like you're not meant to take up yeah. too much space you're not meant to be too big mm-hmm. uh, in in terms of your personality or, or whatever yeah. it might be mm-hmm. you know you're a bit much she's mm-hmm. a bit much mm. and I feel like it's kind of connected to that sometimes definitely yeah it's, uh, I've heard a lot of conversations about the whole like um just like from years ago men just trying to like keep women down and that's the the heads of all these dieting companies all men I watched this documentary called uh, The Men Who Made Us Thin and the CEO of Weight Watchers like just, oh yeah, of course it doesn't work, it fails and people feel bad about themselves and they come back for more. Like that's how it just keeps going and you're just like, damn you. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's the whole point, isn't it? Because they don't care you know about you feeling good about no, yourself at the end yeah. of it that's You're what just... that's what i say like all these diet companies like they don't actually care about you feeling better about yourself like you realize that it's fully like money making industry and if a diet did work why would we why would it be worth so much money and why would we all still be like trying to do them why would there be new ones all the time yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like so how do you combat that that then with with your com- company with beyond body confidence how um, do you kind of fight all of that stuff all of those subliminal messages that yeah. people have been given so we're we really love doing events because we love like getting to people like one-to-one because even though it's like so good spreading stuff across social media and that like helps people like all over the world which is like amazing but I think it's so important to get that personal chat between people um so yeah we're creating events so we had a first event called the sleepover because because I don't live in London I always um stay at Laura's house which is like a sleepover every time and we always have like such like good chat do you know what I mean when it's like you're comfortable you're at you're staying over um and we wanted to create that for our guests so we um had at south place hotel um and we had our um beyond body confidence workshop with laura and myself which goes through like all our pillars of what we think um beyond body confidence is we have our panel so we'll have try and get experts from 
certain industries and like some of our favorite people from social media to come and have a talk and a chat about topics that we might not be talking about so like the sleepover we just had we talked a lot about privilege so like thin privilege which is something that people don't really understand so I'm a size 16 curve model but I have thin privilege because I can still go into the high street and buy anything from every store pretty much because everyone pretty much goes up to size 16 so it's like I have a thin privilege of that I have I'm acceptably curvy so you know my figure is it's acceptable to be this way and I, a lot of people refer to me as being like real women normal women you know what I mean it's like well size 4 or 24 is it's real we're all normal and real <laughs> um but yeah, a lot of people aren't aware of the privileges of the bodies they live in. Um, and also, even though I'm curvier, I don't get um, abuse shouted at me when I walk down the street, whereas like a fat woman would, which is like horrible. So it's just like realizing that and talking about that, I think is really important because then that makes me so much aware as well of like, oh, wow, okay. And then I want to raise those people's voices that are being put down a lot more than mine I want to like raise their voices and be like look there's like lots more other stuff going on here that we need to talk about yeah and I think uh you've uh you've been so great at that uh spreading that message on your social media as well because I remember reading something uh maybe a couple of weeks back where you talked about the difference between body confidence and body positivity, positivity yeah, yeah, yeah um c- can you share that because I felt yeah. like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah, but it's yeah. you know it's a, an important mm. point yeah so the body positivity movement was like a social social political movement started by like fat black queer women um and it's for now like marginalized bodies because these people they're put down they're told they're not good enough they're told they don't want people don't want to see them so they created this space the safe space online body hashtag like by hashtagging body positive for them to just be themselves and to be open and to see and share with people who are in the same situation as them so then the body positivity movement is not for me because I'm not in a mar- marginalized body. I'm white, blonde, and what I said, like acceptably curvy, like I have my thin privilege. Um, I don't share the same struggles as them, but like I'm an ally to that movement because I want to like support and like raise voices from them using my platform that I have. Um, so that's why it frustrates me when I see just like ugh, fitness people hashtagging body positivity when they really mean body confidence. This is the thing to to use social media for though because if you're um any any positive message kind of gets picked up and used by anyone you know anyone has access to that thing and then you can kind of talk about you know your prenatal body or whatever and then it gets picked up by somebody who still wants to sell you something or who just doesn't quite understand Mm -hmm. that they're harming people by by using it so so it's just interesting to to talk about and and learn about because Mm -hmm. I might have before that mixed up the the two terms yeah I mean I definitely have as well yeah you know and it's just it doesn't mean that you have to be like that's wrong don't say it but it's just really interesting (laughs) that's that's what you're very good at just sharing like actually there's a difference and this is you know something Mm -hmm. to be aware of with um the thing I always think about is how it must be now to be a young teenage girl navigating social media online dating Mm -hmm. as you coming into that world when I was at school you had a crush on the boy walking in the year above you down the hall and you get got butterflies and and at that time the only way to to 
actually make anything happen with the guy would have to come and actually like <laughs> chat to, to the guy. <laughs> and I, I, I'm so interested. Are you finding that any of the people that are following you and kind of coming to your events are younger or are they all ages? What's the kind of demographic? Yeah, I view? mean, it's definitely all ages. Um, and I know that, so my, my friend Laura Feeling that I started Beyond Body Confidence with, so she's an eating disorder specialist and she's gone through her journey. She had anorexia when she was like 13. Like literally what she's come from is like amazing um, to being fully recovered. But I know that with her clients, her clients range from all ages. Like you'd be so surprised. Um, and and of all bodies as well, because that's her campaign she just recently done for Eating Disorder Awareness Week was that anybody can have an eating disorder because we're just constantly being shown uh, through media that when we talk about eating disorders, it's anorexia and it's a thin white woman. And it's like, no, like someone in an obese body can have an eating disorder. It literally can be anyone. Um, but yeah, so with her clients, it ranges from age she has a lot, a lot of people who are teenagers who are feeling that pressure from social media and everything like that. And um, I think for us, it just kind of makes sense for, it's really important for parents now to realize that you need to like really be on it and be aware of the good things of social media. Cause like now, like I, like I love going on my Instagram because I've totally curated it to people that I really find inspiring, that I learn from, that I like. And I've unfollowed muted people that are just like annoying me. Um, but maybe that's cause like I'm a mature person so I can do that. But be aware of your, your kids on that. And I just feel like when I have a kid, I'm gonna be like, you're not having anything until you're like 16. It's, it's hard to control it, but I, I feel the same because you're not, you're not meant to you know it's like all the people who you know work at apple and stuff their kids don't have any devices yeah because they know how harmful it is yeah so yeah it's it's not you're not meant to be seeing that no and it's uh, i think when you're younger on if you have an instagram page it's then i just find it it would be so easy to just constantly compare yourself because it's already when we were at school we would compare ourselves in person but think of like that added on to then looking on Instagram, scrolling through everyone's thing, like to further compare when you've left school. God, it would just be like so much. The 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 struggle that I find is when now there are all these apps where they, they can, you know, stretch or yes, slim down um, your body. Like I, I am totally, well, hold my hands up. I have had an app like that. Mm. And for the most part, I get rid of like a shiny red cheek or something. But there yeah, is the temptation yeah. of going... Should I just take take that little bulge on my yeah. on my jean bit? Like, yeah, should I just get done. rid of that because I yeah. can post it? Yeah, and the, then you run the risk, I guess, of mm-hmm. kind of living your life vicariously through your Instagram page yeah, and not actually right. working on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm all for being any shape or size, but being healthy and happy mm-hmm. is probably I would assume the the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, have you ever come across any of that sort of stuff with anyone that's come to your events or? Um, well, I think that. Well, I... <laughs> I've seen a lot of people as well on Instagram that have clearly photoshopped things and it's just like, really? And then to me, it's like, I find that odd because you're going to meet people in real life and when you don't, when you look different, it's like, okay, awkward. Have you come across any men that are, that are interested in what you're talking about or is what you're doing at the moment currently very female orientated? Or? Well, yeah, for us, we're just like to keep it female- Base, just because like we're women um 
I'm just all about just like sisterhood right now. Um, but there is um, a couple of people, males in the fitness industry who are speaking up a bit more in a good way, which is nice to see. And hopefully, you know, there are resources for men out there too, to not just be comparing themselves to, to guys that look nothing like people do in real life. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, as you say, you know, the entire industry seems very much targeted at women yeah definitely so i mean there's there's like the men's health magazine like that's always like ridiculously like abs popping and all that as well just as like the women's health cover cover is for women but um yeah i think just it's just so obviously targeted towards women a lot more and it's just the whole thing of like trying to keep us down trying to keep us small no yeah maybe (laughs) maybe it's not as institutionalized with men because you see like a you know men's fitness magazine you kind Mm -hmm. of go like that's not what we're meant to look like yeah Yeah. you know they they hopefully hopefully guys listening you know that you don't need to Mm. look like that so but it's it's fantastic I think it's so cool you know talking to you about how you did a a sleepover as well because there's something about you know building the trust with people who might not mm-hmm. be so confident and takes time for them to come out their show yeah, exactly. and talk about which is like a lot like me when I was younger I you know I like to like spend some time with people um and yeah it just gave us like a full day and a morning um all together and yeah it was just a really good vibe and then we had like a movie night at night and we made we put on dumpling you know that love dumpling yeah, good vibes Dolly Parton again <laughs> so like a feel-good movie um and then yeah and then we had um a body positive yoga teacher coming as well the next morning we've done some yoga and then she shared like her story and it was just like oh really nice so where are you wanting to go with uh beyond body confidence and that company what what are the goals for that do you think so we're just wanting to continue with our um events so after the sleepover we're going to make that um we're going to i think maybe do that twice a year so we're going to have another one coming up in october details soon um coming for that um we're just like currently working on a campaign for summer um and like a summer event with that um and we'll also laura and i really want to create some sort of workshop that we can take around schools as well because it is it's just getting in there when they're young when they're that that age when they're just so influenced by things um i think it's good to get in there and speak to kids then um and i would also love to really create one for going around drama schools just because I've been there so I have that personal experience and I just think that it can be so toxic for some people in that sense and I would love to get in there especially with Laura because she obviously has um background with um relationship with food and everything and I think that's such a big thing at drama school as well that we're kind of pushed upon because we're so active all the time um we have to really be on top of like our meals. So there, I remember when I was there, there'd be a lot of like meal prep, having like your lunch ready. Da, da, da. And then that uh, a lot of like disordered eating can form there and then even turn into an eating disorder. So I think it's important to talk about eating normal as well. How have you found um, the, the process of being, I don't know, do we call it an entrepreneur? Like <laughs> what, how have you f- found that kind of coming out of, somewhere where you're training with a lot of people and Mm. you're ready to step into one form of of performance and then coming out and thinking I'm gonna have to create my own business find the right people to work with how's that been for you I mean yeah it is scary because I think I really liked the routine of being at drama school and having like your tutors and people that were like backing you there to fall upon for advice and then when you go it's like I have no one (laughs) for advice um 
But I think just because I had a very strong sense of self, I was just like, I'm just going to keep doing what I believe in, what's good. And it's like just going to work out for me. I've just always believed that. So I've just always gone with that. Because <laughs> it is it's, it is a hard one because I don't think anything can really train you to become your own boss. No. You know, you can you can be trained and learn how to fit into somebody else's plan and, and take orders and, you know, do the work to the best of your ability. Mm. But to actually know how to to try things out, fail at them or really suddenly succeed at them, mm-hmm. it, all of those outcomes are kind of new experiences, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. And especially with this whole like Instagram career, like that's such a new thing. Like people like don't even understand it. So yeah, like putting all my eggs into one basket with that is a bit like risky as well, but it's like a thing now. So yeah, yeah. and nobody can really teach you something that as soon as you've learned something about it, it changes again, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was talking to, to my label about this earlier today, actually mm-hmm. that, you know, um, we're working with PR and sometimes PR do your social media for you. And I was yeah. like, I don't want other people to do no. my social media for yeah. me because it, you can tell when it's not yes, you. And yeah. then I feel responsible because I'm putting something mm-hmm. out there that I'm not saying, yeah, you know, yeah. and it feels just quite inauthentic and stuff. And and people can't really, and you know, they're, they're professionals, so they know about social media and stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but they still don't know exactly who my fans are. You know, yeah. you have to be interactive Definitely. and kind of just be yourself. Yeah. In the um, end, that's what's yeah. going to... And I think that's, if you're trying to succeed on social media, it's like people love people. People love to relate to people. And it's like, they just want that connection with someone, like they know them. That's what's really important. And I think that if you're just you, then that is that is it. That's all you can be. Do you have a goal of um, earning good money from this? Is that important to you? Um, I think like enough to make sure that I'm like everything's like covered, just to keep keep my head afloat. <laughs> Seems like you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed, and also I'm kind of so inspired because I definitely try and think of myself as somebody who is confident and mm. you know and and happy with the the way I am and whatever. Sometimes that that shape is slightly different if uh, it's been a summer holiday or it's been Christmas time and sometimes sometimes it's not but I've definitely fallen into patterns constantly of of looking at other people and thinking oh but that yeah I'm never going to be that tall I'm never going to be that slim I'm never going to be that tanned Mm -hmm. (laughs) Liv and I were just saying this (laughs) we're going to come back from our holiday and people are going to ask when we're going on it (laughs) Um, we're embracing that we don't tan it's okay (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um yeah so I'm just yeah so inspiring just to hear about the fact like I I actually I love the fact that you didn't come in and say yeah I struggled really hard and then I became like the fact you're just like I've just always been this way like that's so inspiring in itself I know I think I've embraced that a bit more because I felt like with a lot of people they have this like story of what they've gone through and I'm like don't really have that struggle but I'm just gonna like totally embrace it and just be honest because that's all you can be but um yeah I I did have just what you were saying that reminded me I did have a bit of a wobble um last year um because since leaving drama school I did like gain weight and gone up like two dress sizes but like purely because at drama school I was dancing every day so it was like the most exercise I've ever done in my life so it was like three years of that just naturally lost weight because I was moving so much but like I wasn't altering like anything that I was eating or anything like that but so I was definitely my slimmest when I graduated and then when you graduate like 
don't have those dance classes every day <laughs> not moving as much every day um so then um yeah like I gained weight but I had to and I noticed that because like my clothes weren't fitting me anymore so it's like I think that's a big thing for women is like when you're trying something on it doesn't fit it's just like oh this is my favorite dress okay it doesn't fit me anymore um and it did like hit me a bit and even me who's like super super confident I was like oh fuck, shit um but then I just reminded myself like but that's not the life I'm living I'm not at drama school dancing every day how do I expect my body to be the exact same like of course it's not going to be the exact same and then also it's like to be that small I would have to exercise every day and I don't want to exercise every day right now like that's not my vibe I go to my PT once a week just because I like lifting weights and I want to feel stronger um and yeah it's just about realizing that life changes and your body changes with it and that's totally okay also as well that the thing that I had to come to terms with just genetically yeah I I am the shape I am doesn't matter how much I work out Mm -hmm. I may I may have a flatter tummy and I may get a bit more tight Mm -hmm. but I'm always going to be the shape that I am unless I do something very drastic and it's not sustainable for me like exactly like you said I think when I decided a few years ago that I wanted to get fitter I remember I I had a personal trainer who was doing a kind of um a great lovely she's amazing on on Instagram as well because she does put out things of how you can exercise if that's what you want to do but she embraces like she's had a baby so she's always embracing this is the way my tummy looks that's it and I'm a personal trainer and that's what it looks so she's Mm -hmm. she's great she's uh Charlie Baker and um I remember she asked me, what do you want to achieve out of doing this this trial distance learning thing? And I just said, I I like my shape. I do not want to change my shape, mm-hmm. but I just want to be the best version of that shape for, yeah. to, for me to feel mm-hmm. good and healthy and strong mm-hmm. and eat the right way because, yeah, I was making the wrong choices and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's if you're doing it the right way, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the right way to do it. Um, have you found any uh moments where it's been a struggle to be a self-employed model ambassador is is there mm. moments of struggle in that um yeah mainly like financially because you don't know i don't have like a monthly thing coming in so it's just like okay like just well just recently i've got a contract with a brand which is a monthly thing but for a lot of times it's like i might do three months work for a brand and then i'll get paid but then i might have to wait an extra month until it actually comes into my bank account do you know what i mean so like especially last year there was a lot of that where it was, i was just like I have, I have nothing in my bank account um and i think that's a struggle of just not having a regular pay coming in um but it kind of just drives you a bit more to make sure you're getting those little bits in because it all adds up. What have been the most motiv- motivating moments? When have you felt like you were succeeding the most? Um, well, I've, I've, lo- I've loved um, getting a job modeling on Lorraine because it just seems really cool that I'm on the telly. <laughs> Like I it just is love cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. But like getting that job was so random as well. Like it just shows you that it's just like, just got a, network and put yourself out there but I was at the Curve Fashion Festival which is a yearly thing that they hold in Liverpool and um, I was with there with my mum so this was what this was be like three years ago now um, but Mark who's the stylist um, on Lorraine was there with eBay and they were promoting their eBay Curve hub for like plus size fashion and then my mum was like oh there's Mark 
think he's Scottish too. Let's go talk to him. And I'm like, oh, mom, like, God, cringe. <laughs> um, and then we went over and then like they're chatting, chatting, chatting. And then um, he said to me like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm a curve model. And he's like, I'd love to have you on the show. You're gorgeous. I'd love to have you on. And I was like, thanks. I'd love to. And then we exchanged emails. And then I've had it since then. So it's like literally so random. But yeah, I love I love doing that job. That's really cool. That's incredible. But that's from you choosing initially to do it and to just talk confidently about yeah. what you do, yeah, uh, yeah. which which is something that's come up before on this podcast and in our conversations that when you just, you know what you do and you're not like, oh, I don't know, uh, I'm kind of yeah. uh, this. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I'm a curve model. Yeah, and then yeah. he feels confident to ask you to come on the show because yeah. you know what you're doing. Yeah. So Yeah, if I was like, well, um, just, well, I, I went to drum school, but then I'm but, kind of yeah. doing <laughs> some modeling there, but not really. Like, yeah, he probably would have been like, oh, who's this? She doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I do find that I remember this event that I went to a couple of months ago, and I talked to this girl who was really lovely. I just, you know, one of those event with events where you just have to go and talk to people like, yeah. "Hey, yeah. who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm Liv, and this girl, she kind of, she started so well. She goes, "Yeah, I'm a blogger," and then she kind of, kind of backtracked. She was like, "Oh, I don't really blog as much now, but I Ugh. really want to be a blog." And I was like, "Oh, you should have just stopped because yeah. I would have bought it yeah. if you just tell me you're a blogger." Yeah. I would have bought it, you know, and it's just, but when you backtrack, then that makes me think, oh, I don't, Mm. I can't get anything from you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And you don't seem that excited about what you do. So it's it's an important thing to be, to be really confident about what you, what you do and unapologetic, I guess. There's something they say in the acting industry where if like casting directors who are waiting for people to come into the room, Mm. They always say, if you come into the room and you think you're the best in the room mm-hmm. and you know what you're doing, the casting director's like, oh, we can relax. Like, this is gonna, okay, now I can actually see if this person's right. Yeah, yeah. If you enter that room apologizing already mm-hmm. for yourself, they mm-hmm. don't know. They're like, well, we don't know. Yeah. If you don't know, we don't know. So it kind of, that's like a good yeah. life lesson for any type of, yeah. you know, just walking I, into any room. Definitely. I always, that was like my favorite but I'd always get good feedback from like auditions about my confidence walking into the room like handshake. Hi, I'm Abby Russell. <laughs> I was always like the best in the year at that. Well, that's <laughs> half the job done, isn't it? But then when I sang, they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to sing anyway? It's overrated. <laughs> but that was always a lie because that annoyed me because they would always be like, casting directors know as soon as you walk in whether you've got a job or not. And I'm like, that's all. That's a lie, because I ate that bit. (laughs) Nailed the entrance. (laughs) Well, it's been super inspiring talking to you. This is making me want to just be unapologetically myself and also get a deal with Barry, but, you know, all in good time. And me. And and it's like another reiterating point is to kind of really, especially to any age who on social media, to really think about who you're following because it's making me think, like, it's okay if I want to be inspired by somebody doing some good cardio fitness thing, but it's Mm. also okay for me to be following people that, you know, look beautiful and confident however whatever size or shape they mm-hmm. are as well and what if, they're doing with if their you're life. not already following like some plus size bloggers then do it like just add some like fat women into your into your feed because if you're because i think that a big problem is just as a society we're just very fat phobic and then it just plays into the whole thing that bigger is bad mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be and it's just like no like let's just take that away and like yeah i think that, that plays into the, so much so where can we find you and Beyond Body Confidence and anything else you want to plug yeah. on social media? Uh, so myself is at Curvy Living um, on Instagram and Twitter 
Um, yeah. Um, and then Beyond Body Confidence is at Beyond Body Confidence. Um, so yeah, come and um, give us a follow and we'll be releasing all the details for our next sleepover soon and then we'll have a big summer thing happening as well. So yeah. Great. Exciting. Amazing. It's, honestly, it's been <laughs> lovely for me to meet you as well. I've heard so much Thanks. about you. It's been great for me to meet you and thank you so much for such a, an interesting chat. As always, it could have gone on and on. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> now I'm glad you guys met. Um, I knew you'd get along and uh, I knew that we'd get so much inspiring stuff from you. So you're a no brainer when we <laughs> listed who we wanted oh, to talk to. Nice. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Next Monday, we talk to PJ McAvoy, who is a set designer and a costume designer. And we both learned so much about how a set designer fits into the world of theatre, how they have to communicate with everyone else. We just took so much away from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to My Amazing Mess to get the next episode. I've done the odd like... Like, like yeah. a laugh, but just on a recording, it probably sounds, it probably sounds like a dog has entered the room yeah. and it's like, one in the biscuit. <laughs>